retired nurse who's, uh, she'll turn 80 in December, and she's been on 41 medical missions all over the world, and she still, <clears throat> still intends to keep going. So, so anyway, um, but good morning. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you, and we're very honored to be able to introduce our, um, our dear friend, uh, Simon from Rwanda. Before we do that, there's just a few things I think would be helpful to talk about. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, you may have noticed when you came in, there's a table out on the foyer with a lot of really colorful, nice items out there. Those are all things that Simon brought from Rwanda. Those are all handmade by students in their school there. And those are for sale. Um, and all those proceeds he will take back, certainly, to continue their ministry there. So you may want to stop by after the service and take a look at some of those items. Um, also, Doug mentioned our uh, mission trips. Well, COVID has slowed that down, as you can imagine. But we are in uh, March of next year planning on going back to Rwanda. And um, um, you are all invited. So uh, uh, we wanted to share that with you. And it's kind of been a process to get to this point of, of can we go, should we go, all those things. And we've recently made that decision. And, and so if you, you, maybe at the end of the service today, if you feel like God has laid that on your heart, Feel free to talk to us. Um, Doug can certainly connect you with you, uh, connect you with us as well um, moving forward, and we'll be happy to talk to you about the details. And I'm sure you'd have lots of questions, which hopefully we can answer about: <clears throat> is it safe and all the the, the details around the travel um, international right now? And we'll be happy to certainly talk about those those things with you. Um, you'll see here in a little bit. We're going to show a video from the last time we were in, in Rwanda, and it will give you a good feel of what um, of what the people uh, are like there, and how, what a beautiful, beautiful country uh, it is. Um, before we kind of move to the introduction part and tell you a little bit about Simon, um, I think it would help to give you some context about where he lives um, for when he preaches and what he will talk about. So. Um, they live in a city called Gisenyi, which is on the far western border of Rwanda. Uh, actually borders the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And there's a town called Goma that's just across the border. So it's kind of one big population center with the border uh, in the middle. The Goma side is larger. Um, but it's normal that in the course of, of a day, many people from Gisenyi would cross the border to sell goods uh, in Goma. And um, Gisenyi has um, the area where... Simon does much of his work is very poor, so those people depend on being able to cross that border to sell what they can to survive. So when COVID hit, um, the border was closed, and uh, of course creating a hardship and no way for those, those people to earn any kind of income, and then they were put into lockdown as well, where they could not leave their homes other than just to go to buy food, and that's about it. And, and when they couldn't make income, many of them had no money to even go buy food, so um, the, the threat of starvation became very, very real. If that wasn't enough, then earlier this year in Goma, um, about, what, Simon, maybe eight miles from where you are is the volcano, something like that. We could see it very easily from on our trip. And, in fact, I think our video, you even see a shot of it at night where you can see the, the glowing from the, the volcano. But that volcano, which is one of the most active in the world, erupted earlier this year, and it was a major eruption. Lava flowed within two kilometers of where, where they are. Um, about a million people were evacuated from Goma. Um, so it was, a, it was a, a quite a, um, a disaster. And in the aftermath of that, you had then earthquakes were, were triggered, which did a significant amount of damage in Rwanda as well. 
Um, and then you had refugees, Congolese refugees that also flowed over the border. So it, um, it's, it's been a very challenging period. So that's a little background for where Simon is from, and I'm going to introduce him. Um, we've had the privilege of really becoming good friends with Simon and his wife, Caritas, who was not able to make this trip with him. She's back in Rwanda working very hard. Um, but um, Pastor Simon, he's a pastor, as you probably have figured out. Um, he's also the district superintendent in Rwanda over about 56 churches so um, and his wife Caritas is also a pastor in another church in Gassini so if as if that weren't enough they both also um, run the Ningera Foundation which um, is really multifaceted the one of the aspects of that is they run a health clinic which is very close on its way to becoming a full hospital, which is very exciting. He'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, they also run a school for several hundred children in the area. And another one of their ministries is they feed a few hundred street children and kind of oversee their care. Um, so they are very busy. <laughs> they have they wear a lot of hats, both of them do, and um, it's just been fun. I feel like every when we're together, we learn more. They're doing more and more and more, so um, very inspiring, and um, we know that you'll enjoy hearing Simon speak. Before he comes up, I'm going to read the scripture that he'll be preaching from, and we're going to play the video from our trip that we took in March of 2019, and then he'll come and, and share with you. This scripture reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Greetings from Rwanda. Uh, as they told you, my name is Mo Pierre. I have a wife, one. <laughs> yeah, because in Africa, some people has two, three, four, five, six, ten. I have one and five children three grandchildren. I'm getting old. 
from where Melissa read and from what Paul wrote to Romans, it seems that hope is outcome from long journey, from sufferings. And um, however, no one wants to suffer. But it happened. I want to make sure you understand this because some Christians will create suffering by themselves. I'm not asking anyone to create sufferings. <laughs> but sufferings happen in our lives. From depression, family, domestic violence, relationships, disease, diabetes, cancer, all that stuff brings sufferings in our lives. I don't know if you have slides because I want to work with slides from my English. I don't want anyone miss what I'm saying. The world in which we are living today is broken. People are losing their relatives. Church are losing church members from COVID-19. People are losing jobs, business closing, and no one has idea on what the future holds. However, God is on work, and he knows the future. You are not the only one who are facing challenges. Everywhere around the world, there is no hope to many people. The world feels the same situation. The way things are happening here is the same back home in Africa, in Asia, in Europe. We are all suffering the same way. But God is on work. And he has a plan. God has provided three ways to restore our hope when we are facing difficulties and tough situation. Way number one is the word of God, the Bible. There is no any books around the world in which you can read and find solutions of your challenges or your, of your sufferings. 
only word of God. Is that why in Psalms 119, verse 74, it says, I have put my hope in your word. He is really hope. When people read the word of God, they find the message of hope. But some people don't have the time to read the Bible. And some people don't know where their Bibles are in their houses. And you have to ask someone, do you know where my Bible is? But that is the most instrument each person needs, especially during this tough period. When you read the Bible, you find message of restoration, the word of hope. I want to ask you in your agenda to have enough time to read your Bible. Because I don't hope that watching movies and TVs, read by books, will bring you anything on what you need. On the word of God. Second way is Jesus himself. We know that there is always hope for people who believe in Jesus. And when we believe in him, the faith we have in him is sealed by the Holy Spirit. And don't ever limit the power of God in our lives. Sometimes we think when we are broken, God cannot do anything. But when we are finished is when God do something. Remember the story in Mark chapter 4 from verse 37 to 39 or Matthew chapter 8, 23, 26. When Jesus was with his disciples in the boat, and Jesus was sleeping on back, and big stone comes. The disciples thought they are going to die. They did all what they can. Fight for, for themselves. Trying to save themselves. Until they recognized that the true hope was sleeping on back. And when they went to him, Jesus woke up and stopped the storm. God has always solution even from zero. 
Number three, is church. And when I talk about church, you have to listen on two levels. Church, first of all, is individual. You and me. You are source of hope. Someone will have hope from you. Maybe you will be hope for your neighbor. Maybe you will be hope for your colleague. Maybe you will be hope for, I was going to say, street children. Back home we have street children. Here you have homeless. <laughs> and in the video, as the first church, before we talk about congregation. Anyone who believes in Jesus, he is Christian because God wants to use the person as an instrument to bring hope in lives. And church as congregations are also the center for hope. Sometimes when we talk about church, we understand building. But during COVID-19, most of buildings were closed. But church was still working. Back home, I am the district superintendent for 56 churches. On some point, all was closed. And today, only three are reopened, and other remain closed. But that, what I'm talking is about buildings. And the church has other way to keep doing the ministry. So, the church or congregation in different communities, they are hope center. Without knowing this congregation is the hope of this community surrounding here. Because festival church is spirit. So, church has three principal missions. One is prayer. Even though we were in houses, everyone was terrified by COVID-19, and sometimes terrified by government decisions. I want to remind you that uh, the government will never bring hope in your life. 
Maybe government will bring more craziness. So, one thing church have been doing here, Kansas City, Africa, Europe, Asia, the men activities was praying. And as a family of Christ, we were all connected by prayer. And God always hear the prayer of believers. We was connected. And God was finding solutions from our prayers. Remember the story in Act 12. Peter was in jail. And the following day was going to be killed, surrounded by armies, and he was on a chance. Because he feels he's finished, and nothing can save him, he just feels sleep. But the church was somewhere praying, praying, praying until God sent the angel and the chains were broken and Peter were free. That is the answer from prayer. And this scenario still happening until today. When something happened, I was in the office of the pastor. I saw a picture, and there is names, names. And he was telling Barry that is the people right there, requests, prayers. You know, some people think it's drama, but it's real. When you pray, God hears. And God answer. Second mission is to make disciples. Church, we are there to touch people, talk about the gospel, teach people about God, and to let them also believe and follow Jesus. That is our principal mission. But number three is compassion. We bring hope in lives by our compassion. Think about this church in Macedonia. This area faced war, tribulation, persecutions, and many people in this church was poor. But they decided to collect donations and send to Jerusalem to help people in that church. 
it's only in the church where people can share even small things they have. Because in church, any single hands are very important. And in church, everyone has the place to serve God. During this pandemic of COVID-19, our government said, lockdown, stay home. It's not, uh, it's not like here in the U.S., eh? there is no protest. You can't. You can't say, we protest. No way. <laughs> this is Africa. When they say, stay home is home. You get out, they shoot you. So, everyone has to stay home. Remember I told you, church was praying. And church has a message of hope. So, our local church initiated to use our church building as a food center. And we ask our church members to provide some food and we request a special pass to the government asking them we, are, we won't start give food and you have some food in our church where people can come when they have food or got this special permission to go bring food in their families. We got that permission and our members start giving food. And I was communicating with my friend Barry and he communicated with you, Pastor, and you donated some money and it was like you were pushing our back. Keep going. <laughs> you can't believe that through that partnership and through that initiative, we was able to feed 11 thousand families. Wow. And in the country, all government newspapers was writing about Church of the Nazarene. I sent you some articles, right? What, how the church become food distribution center. And people got hope from what we was doing, partnering with you. That was our main activity, to bring hope in lives. And when we was keeping doing that, the volcano erupted and start receiving refugees from Congo. Thousand and thousand. And earthquake. 
So, we keep our ministry. We always say, we, we have just to believe and do something. And God can provide for more. When you, want, when you see you have a task and you want to bring hope in lives, don't think about how much you have in your pocket. You just think about God. And God do miracles. So, that's what happened. He was able to feed refugees. He was able to give them some home supplies and keep them feel that God can help them. During that earthquake and eruption, all medical centers, even the government hospital, was evacuated because they was cracked. So, our health center, the polyclinic we have, was the only remain open and God protected it. So, we was busy receiving all these people, even COVID people, people who has COVID, but God protected us and he was able to manage that. Maybe you can see this ambulance. The other ambulance is for army. Even the army was referring people, the armies, to our hospital. So, and this, this pushed the government, the Minister of Health, to request us to apply to be full hospital with few requirements to add. So, one of the main purpose, I, I'm in the U.S., I was looking for one organization in Arizona that provide medical equipment and they donated two containers of equipment, and God already provided two people, two Nazarene people, <laughs> who accepted to pay that two shipment. God is good. From all that situation, as a church, we have been looking what next. We want to keep help these poor families to not depend to us. We will not feed them forever. We are helping them to do something to feed themselves. And one of the projects we have ahead is to provide pigs because pigs produce fast and make money. So that is the project for the community we are doing. Also, from the church closing, because as I told you, the government will always take advantage to crash from COVID to crash church. So they put many requirements for a church to be reopened and the, among them is water tanks, 
and the hand washing station and the lightning protection is too much for the churches in village. So we are trying to respond on that also to make sure church buildings can reopen and people have the place for worship. That is what uh, we are doing. We just accept God to use us as instrument to bring hope in lives. And you have been our good partners. I want to say thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Simon. Um, we had the privilege of spending some time together last night. We had dinner together and, and got to uh, just kind of visit with them a little bit about some of the things that God's doing and uh, so many incredible things. I don't know if you picked up on this, but um, Melissa mentioned it earlier, but uh, both Simon and his wife, Caritas, each pastor, individual churches. Uh, Simon oversees 56 churches of which three have, have opened or reopened since COVID uh, has, has uh, hit. And so the goal and some of the money that we want to raise is to be able to help them reopen. The government has put some stipulations on reopening, uh, some pretty stringent ones. Uh, each of the places have to have hand-washing stations, and a lot of the churches are in rural areas where they don't even have wells or anything like that, and so they have to create a system through collecting rainwater um, to be able to have sanitary stations and things like that. And so there's a whole bunch of other stipulations. So um, right now we're, we're trying to raise some money to help open remaining churches so that the church uh, can continue to do a lot of the ministries that he's talking about. And so uh, that, that's one of the goals. And then uh, he, he mentioned the hospital. And uh, so they started a clinic, and that progressed, and, and now they're working at it being a full-fledged hospital with, I believe, 100 beds, and uh, they have, uh, I think, 14 doctors, is that right? And I don't know, a whole bunch of nurses, and there'll be an ICU unit and all of that. Now, this is really cool, what God has done. He mentioned that the, the organization out of Arizona donated two crates full of medical equipment to be able to open this hospital. Um, what he didn't mention is that was to the tune of, I think, $700,000 worth of equipment that's being sent over. It was going to cost $48,000 to be able to ship those over, and two individuals stepped up and are paying the $48,000 to have that shipped over so the hospital can, can be reopened. So the primary mission in the beginning was to raise money to be able to get the medical equipment over to be able to uh, fund the hospital. God took care of that, and so this is the way that God works because he does exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think of. And, and so now we have the opportunity. We don't have to give to that but we can help get some of the churches open, uh, reopened, and we need to be able to do that. There's great need in Rwanda, and one of the things that we talked about was in the midst of COVID and all of the bad stuff, the, the earthquake and the volcano, what happened, and this is the way that God works, is that it's created great opportunity for the church to be the church. And so people are taking notice and saying, okay, it's not the government who fed us, and it's not the government who took care of our sickness. It's the church who did that, who did that, who showed the compassion that Simon was talking about. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
I, I asked Simon last night in the midst of all of this, you know, he's got so many things. Started the clinic, they have an orphanage, they have a school, they have uh, the churches, they have all those things. And I said, Simon, when do you sleep? And uh, he gave me a great answer. He said, at night. So I, he's got a lot going on, and God is blessing them. And listen, I believe that one of the things that, um, I think it was Henry Blackaby in his book, Experiencing God, talked about a lot of times when we pray, we pray for God to bless what we're doing, when the reality is we, got it, we should get in and bless what he's doing. And so this is an opportunity, I believe that as a church we ought to do that, that we want to partner with ministries that God is using to do his work in the world. And we've had that opportunity, and, and this year uh, we've committed $7,000 from our Faith Promise budget to be able to, to help uh, Simon and his ministry. And so if you wonder, you know, what, when I pledge to Faith Promise, where does that money go? Well, part of it has gone to, to feed people, and, and it, it's going to go towards helping to reopen churches and those kinds of things. And so we've got those funds. But I want to encourage you today. Um, Laura and I were praying and talking this morning about what God would have us give, and we, he gave us a number. And so we're, we're going to, to give to that. I encourage you, this money that you give, God is going to use it in order to further his kingdom and his mission uh, in Rwanda. And we get blessed by that. So we, we, get to, we believe that God is bigger and what he wants to do is bigger than just here in Lincoln and at Connecting Point Church. And we don't want to be a church that is so self-focused and, and focused on ourselves that we don't care about the rest of the world around us. We want to be a church that is participating in what God is doing around the world. And we have the privilege of being able to do that. So there's a couple of ways that you can give. Um, there are going to be some buckets at the back of the church, and uh, anything that is comes in that is not marked as your regular tithes and offering, uh, that money will be collected and, and given directly to, to Simon to take back to Rwanda, and so you can do that. Uh, if you didn't come prepared to give uh, in, in, I guess, I started to say the old-fashioned way, where like the paper money and uh, checkbook and that kind of a thing. A lot of us don't carry that anymore, but you can go to um, our website, that, that uh, center hub. Can we put that um, QR code back up on the screen if you need to screen that or, or to uh, take a picture of that? And you can go to that website, and there's a giving tab there. And under the, when you hit that tab, there'll be several options, and where it says special guest, uh, any of the money that you give electronically through that special guest offering, again, will go towards the work that God is doing in Rwanda. And I just challenge you as your pastor, I don't, I don't think I've ever done this here before, but I'm going to say it this time. Let's dig deep and let's give sacrificially, okay? So sacrificially means make it hurt a little bit. Okay, so you're going to have to skip the Starbucks maybe this week or this month uh, or maybe cancel the Netflix subscription for a little while. But do something. This, this is going to make a lot bigger difference than a, a, a Starbucks. Drink some Folgers. You can, you'll live. Um, you will survive. And, uh, and, and let's, let's, let's give a good offering today. So I challenge you to do that. So I'll give you a moment to do that. And as you do, let me, let me, I'm going to say a word of prayer. And then uh, we'll, we'll sing a closing song. And don't forget to stop by the table. And, and let's, let's clear that out too. But uh, Father, today we thank you for your goodness. You're a big God. You're way bigger than what we can even think of or imagine. 
And you are at work all across this planet. And it's, it's amazing to me to think about the fact that we actually have brothers and sisters in Christ, family, all over the world. And most of them will never meet until we get to heaven. But what a reunion that will be. And who knows, maybe someday somebody from Rwanda will run up to us and say, hey, thank you, I encountered Jesus because of your faithfulness. I encountered Jesus because you gave sacrificially and it enabled me not only to be fed physically but to be fed spiritually and I made a decision to follow Christ because you did that. And Lord, there's no greater thing than that. And so we thank you for it. Lord, I pray your blessing upon Simon and Caritas, their team. We pray for the pastors who are, are right now, uh, so many churches that are closed and have not been able to gather corporately like we have the privilege of doing here. We pray that you would strengthen them, that you would continue to give them hope. And Lord, that that again, we would remember to be the church, whether we get to meet in a building or not, that the church is so much bigger than just this building, that you actually live in us and you work through us. And I pray you'd help each of us to live that out. We pray that you would take our gift financially and you would multiply it over and over and over again. We pray for a, a, a Lowe's and Fishes experience with the finances that we give. Make it go far. We pray that today in Jesus' name, amen.